It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Luke and the Pete Show. My name is uh, Pete Donaldson. I'm that part of that particular uh, circle. Uh, the other half of the circle, Pac-Man's back of his head. Uh, it's Mr. Luke Will. You all right, man? It's a two-man circle. It's a two, it's, it's the squared circle, uh, as wrestling uh, wrestling parlance goes. Yeah. Um, ha, I, I already know the answer to this one. Um, have you got your top off right now? <laughs> to, to me, I, I'm finding it a little bit um, cool in uh, South London at the moment. It's merely 32.5 degrees Celsius in my room. So uh, (laughs) if anything, it could be done with being ramped up a little bit. I'll apologize to listeners in advance. Um, Hopefully they won't mind too much. They are the most important Mm. thing of all this, but hopefully they won't mind too much when I say that you are occasionally going to hear a cargo pass behind me, a bird tweet, perhaps even a conversation on the street outside because there is absolutely the square root of zero chance of me recording this show today in this heat with the window shut. It's not happening, people. <laughs> Take it as you find it or don't bother exactly. fucking listening because I'm at my wit's end already. And that's uh, Luke's. Dude, <laughs> that's Luke's. That's my heart. Uh, final, that's your final heat. word on the whole situation. It is ridiculous. And also, it's. Uh, I, I find that um, we're always very conscious about what we can hear but I think we always kind of overestimate what our muggy little USB microphones actually pick up. Um, mm. We always can like kind of hear things going on from outside and stuff. I but that said though, I was recording um, the abroad in Japan podcast, one of our finest kind of stable um, output. Um, and um, I was in a situation where I was talking to Chris who's, who's in Japan um, and I forgot to mute my microphone. Um, there was a weird setup where oh, I was do you remember I did that in, in that meeting. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, we, we're in a we're in a Zoom call with um, <laughs> some clients, and uh, from out of nowhere, Luke shouted. Uh, kind of, it was someone was trying to explain a, a very specific point, very technical point, and then Luke, what was what was the thing that you sort of so, so what had actually happened was. <laughs> I was I was multitasking on a Zoom call, as you said, with me, you, our colleague John, and a potential client who mm. luckily you and I know, so it wasn't so bad. Mm. I thought I was on mute while someone was talking away, and I took <laughs> yeah. a delivery of a new cat water fountain, right? Yeah. And so I was unpackaging it, thinking I was on mute, and then mm. my wife said, what's that you've got with it? And I shouted quite loudly across the room, it's a free lickable treat. It's a free. And then all I heard was there, there, there was a a soul destroying, gut wrenching two or three seconds of silence before one of you just went, 
You all right, Luke? <laughs> I was like, oh my god! So it can happen. It can happen. Carry, well, carry yeah. on though. So what did you do with Chris? What happened with Chris? I um, I think I think this is on the recording. I accidentally. Well, I didn't accidentally. I I I sprayed um, alcohol spray into my own shoes. <laughs> we got this sprayable alcohol kind of stuff, and I sprayed it into my shoes because like that'll make them stop smelling like old shoes um old feet um it doesn't it just makes your shoes really cold and wet which i quite like it gets me off but um yeah i spread it in there and and i'm fairly certain that ended up on the um in the show itself so uh no doubt people i'll I'll find out about it in a couple of days time people saying what was that noise 40 minutes in it and and the, the actual truth is i think i was spraying alcohol spray into my own shoes because they were like yucking up a bit yeah so there you go well, you sort of multitask while you, why weren't you listening to what Chris was saying I was listening to that's the thing I was listening to what I was using wireless headphones so I could hear what I, he was doing but at that point he was in mid monologue so mm. I was just having a I, I was doing other, I was doing other things as we all do lickable cat treats or no lickable cat treats What's um, your um, what else has been floating your boat this week, Donny? What's the uh, what's the latest news? Just, I'm just I'm just trying to keep cool. Look, it's 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 been a, a horrific uh, time. I um, spent the entirety, I think, of Friday night just kind of just just trying to get my life together again. To be quite frank, we've had a busy oh couple of weeks, and 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 Friday I was just alone by myself with my thoughts. Uh, I found a can of Stella behind uh, a gas meter in my house. Uh, and that got me excited about the idea of lager. So I went out and bought myself <laughs> four cans of Tisky. Um, that's how you're getting your life back together, is it? That's me getting my Walk life back together. Walking to the shop on your I... own buying four cans of Tisky. <laughs> what, was it, what was it like before? <laughs> and, le- and let me tell you, if you're asking the question, Pete, did you have any food with it? Yes, I did. I had a double Snickers. So <laughs> double Snickers... A double Snickers and four cans of Tisky. Were you in a gastro the one behind the... <laughs> To be honest, the street that I live on is so... It's just it's become completely... Uh, what do you call it? Completely um, pedestrianised. So oh, right. It's like this beautiful kind of like French kind of little side streets, kind of like cafe culture. Even even the, 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 the fish shop below us has got like this, all of these chairs outside. It's brilliant. Um, if you want to try and get asleep at any point, it's, it's completely impossible. <clears throat> If you kind of want to have to, if you want to pick up a taxi on your street, it's impossible. Or live your life, it's impossible. They've literally made my life ten times harder than I thought it was before, yeah. which is good. And it's really hot as well. It's just really, really. It must be hellishly hot in the middle of Soho in this kind of temperature. It's, it is unbelievably hot, and my flat is so dusty. And I just, I'm gonna, I might, I look. Don't tell anyone. Actually, I won't say that, just in case there is a terrible fire. But what if I just set fire to my house? Oh, I'm just bored of it now. It I'm could happen. Well, actually, the temperature could get so high it could just spontaneously combust. But Pete, I, I, I think yeah. I think if I could if I could develop in a petri dish how to maximise the heat in one property, here's what I'd do. I'd probably put mm. it right in the centre of one of the most notoriously concrete cities in the world. Yeah. I would then put it. High as possible, so that heat would rise to make it hotter. Mm-hmm. I'd then probably put it above some kind of restaurant, and then With deep fat would, fries in it. Yeah, and then I would probably give it very, very poor ventilation. Now, how many <laughs> of those boxes are you ticking at the moment? 
Uh, can I add also in the um, the fish, um, the extractor fans for all of the hot um, frying oil um, uh, machines uh, do, does, does kind of come to the back of my house. So um, when I open the back windows, uh, not only do I get the delicious smell of, um, uh, uh, of fish flavored um, oily detritus, I just also get like a wall of heat going up. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating little kind of um, accoutrement to my life. It really is. Just I'm obscene. slowly cooking. It's obscene. That's the thing. It is obscene. But I've I got love a, it. Um, I've got a couple of bits of news that will be relevant to you, particularly one of them, Peter. Did you is see it about this Toshiba? Week? Is it is about Toshiba not making laptops anymore? It is. After, after th- is it? How did, how did I don't know. Wow, that's amazing. Basically, I, I this show has made me look at pieces of news that I would previously have never battled an eyelid at and i saw <laughs> toshiba shuts the lid on laptops after 35 years i made mm. a note of that and thought pete donaldson will be all over that and he'll probably have a pretty hot take um i i, I think it's sad because obviously you know back in the day they, they were the, the the ones that kind of they made some lovely laptops back in the day. Like they made the really very first heavy. one, didn't they? Or one of the first they, ones? They, they made one of the very first ones. Yeah, one of yeah. the uh, very first ones, floppy disk powered and all that. But yeah, it used to. Uh, I think they sold a lot of their stuff off um, a couple of years ago to um, Sharp or Sony or something like that. But yeah, mm. incredible! I can't believe uh, I can't believe the Toshiba laptop journey is over. Well, Terrible apparently, stuff. apparently the the situation in that kind of part of the business world is that unless you've got a really big scale cheap operation or you've got a really premium brand you're really Mm. struggling and if you're caught in the middle like toshiba were it's curtains for you not sure why but that's apparently the reason Indeed. Well, we uh, here at uh, Stagano, we've always loved their tellies, but uh, they've, they've given up on the old uh, laptop game, which is uh, very exciting. Oh, yeah. Toshiba uh, Telly has been so. very, very supportive of our products down the years, and we long may that continue. We've got Shout out Toshiba the, Dave. The, yeah, Toshiba Dave. We've got one in the uh, Stagano office. Another, co- another headline that caught my eye this week was um, just said, Nicola Sturgeon, sorry over Scottish exam results. And Are you I just und- on the BBC front page? Is this, is this just what, is this what we've got to? Just <laughs> you on the front Because co- I can see it. Sturgeon, sorry off uh, Scottish exam results. Toshiba shuts the lid on laptops after 35 years. And the uh, World Health Organization are calling to suppress, suppress, suppress virus. How are they doing this? Peter, the, um, the Nicola Sturgeon story is funny, though, because the mm. way they've headlined it and photographed it it looks like she's saying sorry for failing some exams even though she's a woman <laughs> who I think's in her 50s so it's like hey you should have taken them ages ago first and foremost you should have taken them before you became <laughs> first minister of Scotland um, do you reckon so they, do you, they just they've only just found out that she didn't pass any of her GCSEs even though it was <laughs> well, listen, even though it's in her now, record of achievement take them now <laughs> and no one will notice but do not <laughs> fail them do not fail us at all. Do you reckon do you could pass a GCSE us? now? Oh God, no! God, no! Do you remember, like how, di- like my GCSEs were just constant. It's just, it's, it's not training for remembering anything. It's training for an exam and not being able to do an exam, not not having had had to have done an exam at uh, like in, in the last twenty years. Well, ten years. Um, I, I, I just don't think I'd have the kind of wherewithal to do it because I remember my GCSEs and, 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 and to a lesser extent my A levels and certainly to a lesser extent my, my, my university courses. Um, you ran out of time. You just writ, you just wrote, kind of wrote down bullet point everything everything you knew. It was just a, it was just a memory test, wasn't it? Really, there was no analytical thinking uh, to, to be happening. It depends, in the it depends exam on what subject you do, though. I guess so, but still, it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
a lot. There's, there's an intersection between learning and memory of facts, right? Because if you if you want to be a doctor, I mean, fair enough, you've got to be able to use your intuition, you've got to learn, you've got to be clever, but you've also got to remember where the, which one the fucking liver is. You, know, <laughs> you need some facts well, as well. Yeah, they're the basics, but I would say that in anything like um, in Eng- like English and history, we're always like you would have um, you would learn about the Peterloo massacre or the Corn Laws or Benjamin yeah. Disraeli and the work in Afghanistan, etc. Um, and you would and you would learn five or six different test questions, you know, but and they'd always be kind of the same sort of thing. It would never be a curveball. And if you hadn't bloody listened in class, you would never bloody know uh, what was going to be happening in the exams. But they were they were never like, at, you know, talk about, you know, Benjamin Disraeli's dress sense. It, would, it wouldn't be completely out of the blue, would it? <laughs> why is that coming up? Why, why would I, that well, be of you? Is that because, is that, is that because you, what's, what, what's what you model your look on now? Well, no, because I've um, scrolled down to the entertainment news on the front uh, cover of the BBC <laughs> website, and uh, Kamala from uh, the WWE has uh, died seventy years, uh, seventy years young. Yeah, I for one am hugely surprised that he wasn't actually from Uganda, <laughs> with a name like James Morris the, or whatever he was called. The, du- the WWE have an incredible um, reputation of. Explain to um, our listeners what you Kamala was, so because they might not be wrestling fans. Kamala is uh, was a man from uh, where he was from the south from uh, Illinois of, uh, or the US. Yeah, from Illinois. He was from Illinois, um, and he was, I, I believe, billed as being from uh, Uganda. Uh, and I think he was like he's dressed as like a kind of a, a, a effectively a jungle savage. Not very progressive. Weirdly, like the, 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 the wrestling back in like the eighties and the nineties, early nineties. Um, they had a reputation of um, being not very progressive in their character work, but. The there were very few um, black and I'm going to say athletes because he, he doesn't necessarily look like an athlete. He's yeah. a big gigantic fat man um, <laughs> athlete who 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 um, you would have these um, uh, African American guys who would be headlining, f- you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand shows, bringing in tickets from 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 miles around, you know, being big. Big build stars, um, and yet uh, they'd be dressed up like um, uh, so-called African uh, savages. Not very progressive when you look back, but weirdly, the, the, there were no other black artists getting that amount of work in in the deep south at that at that point in the eighties. It's a really really strange kind of situation. Uh, reprehensible um, when you look on the BBC website, the, the image of uh, of Kamala, and especially because like he. Um, he uh, lost both of his legs like 10, 10 15 years ago. Oh, I heard um, about that. Through, it was diet, diet, diabetes, diabetes or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, he was—he's been on his way out for, for for a little while. But I think this was actually COVID-related. Incredible, really. But he was a—he was a very. Um, it, it's weird to be inspirational uh, as a person who kind of broke down barriers when you are dressed like that because you've been yeah. given this horrifically and, and, um, racist and, gimmick. And I think something you haven't mentioned there, Pete, which is actually I think is also really important. I just checked, and he was actually from Mississippi, not from Illinois. But right. I think I think what I've um, what I would add to that is just that so Kamala comes that character comes into the wrestling in about nineteen ninety two, as far as I remember, and I was ten, eleven mm. years old then. And uh, without being, I mean, these are kids watching this 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 whole thing, so you mm. don't kind of question it. His whole conceit was no. that he couldn't speak any English and he couldn't understand the rules, and he was essentially, as you've already said, a savage. Which, looking yeah. back on it, is absolutely horrific. But as an impressionable kid, you don't question it because you're a kid. So it's actually very no. damaging. 
Oh yeah, ma- massively, massively, and 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 also, and the, the 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 this this sort of thing went on forever, and and especially where they would sort of get you, you'd get like these kind of physically uh, imposing uh, characters, like I don't know, the great Carly, the Indian policeman, um, who who couldn't really wrestle but he was like seven foot three and big mm. massive guy um and he couldn't well i think he i think he chose sometimes to speak as much english as he needed to if he ever needed to lose uh he couldn't speak english but if he was ever uh, asked to win he could definitely speak english then right. apparently <laughs> amusingly uh but yeah it, it, if they if wrestlers aren't good talkers they'll get given a manager who'll do the speaking for them that's right and so obviously kamala was kamala was one of those characters but he I mean, was harvey whippleman i think the, yeah. So so yeah yeah he'd been given, he'd been given a few but he, he was a guy who 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 broke down a lot of barriers but obviously um yeah you you look at that picture in uh, t- in 2020 and just go my fucking christ how did anybody get away with that bullshit yeah, exactly. Mind you, Roddy Roddy Piper, Roddy Roddy Piper, half blacked up at WrestleMania, so half of his body was black, half of his body was white, uh, and that was all right in the nineties. I want to say, weird, yeah. weird entertainment, weird. Uh, it's the world's greatest sport, um, apparently. So <laughs> WrestleMania.com if you want to check that bollocks out. Pete, Pete can I can I um, just move us from one pugilistic sport to another? Obviously, we're in the middle of the World Snooker Championships at the moment. I know you're not really mm. a big snooker guy, but I'm a, I'm a no. huge fan of the sport. And um, and um, something that came up yesterday, which many people would have seen, but if they if they haven't, it's definitely bear, it definitely bears repeating. And I don't think you'd have seen it. So last night, Ronnie O'Sullivan, who is the enfant terrible of the sport and has been one of the world's best players for you know, getting on for 27, 28 years now, um, five times world champion, um, still in the tournament as we record this this year. Um, in fact, I think he, yeah, he's, I think he's five times champion. Anyway, so he's very well known for not really giving a shit about anything, yeah. and um, he, he regularly comes out with quite off-brand, off-message comments about the sport. Right, and last yeah. night he was um, he was interviewed after beating Ding Junhui, who was a very, very um, talented and, and highly ranked Chinese player. Some would say the uh, the best player to never win the World Championships. But Ronnie O'Sullivan beat him yesterday, and in the interview afterwards, um, he was asked, um, you know, just general post-match questions, and mm. um, one of the <laughs> One of the questions was, do you think it's strange? And did you ever think that you could still be playing at such a high level uh, so many years on when, from when you made your debut, I think as a 17-year-old, like 1992 or whatever? And he just goes, not really. Um, I'll tell you what, you see some of these players coming through now, they're absolutely rubbish. They are awful. <laughs> Honestly, they couldn't even be good quality amateurs. And I sometimes sit there thinking, Bloody hell, I'd have to lose an arm and a leg to drop out of the top 50 here. Um, and and then there ends kind of... with the interviewer, he go, interviewer going, come on, the standard's not that bad. <laughs> and one of the summer goes, it is, and just walks off. <laughs> I, I don't like him very much, but I, he's the best player and he um, has every right to say that because... There's clearly something going on there. He's just so so entertaining. Like he, I, he's just got yeah. no filter. Like he, he doesn't. Mm. I don't think he, he's been he, for some reason. He went a whole season doing every single post-match interview in an Australian accent for no for no reason. <laughs> like, I think he just get. I think he's got a very chaotic just mind. Bored. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. And yeah. and 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 the bears is where he finds his uh, control his and his solace. order. <laughs> the bays, the bays, Pete. What do you Why think bays is made ba- of? Was it bears? What, what did I say? No, it is bays. You're right. I just wondered if you knew what bays. it was made of. 
just felt in it. Felt and glue. I think it's just a yeah. I think it's just a. I think it's isn't it specifically green though. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? Felt felt all kinds of different colours. But does it have to be green to be beige? Oh no! Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what beige is to be honest. That's interesting. We had a couple of emails about colour actually. Um, but we'll, we'll 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 take a short break and uh, we'll be back to yeah, talk. Yeah, do a beige, break, mate. Because I, I was just letting the cat in. Sorry about that. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. And welcome to the second half of the Luke Peach Show. We are still sweating our testicles off. It is hotter <laughs> than Los Angeles right now in London and beyond. I hope you keep them well. Uh, wherever you are uh, choosing to um, spend your time. We've had loads of emails in and loads we didn't get to uh, last week. Luke, do you want to kick us off with one? Have you got one in your sure. grubby little mitts? We've got loads of emails from, um, I'll tell you what, the profession that is listened to, sorry, the, the profession that makes up the biggest percentage of our listeners appears to be pilots. It is <laughs> yeah, incredible well, how many pilots yeah. listen to our show. I love it because it's like they've got such important, scary jobs. Um, I was listening to uh, somebody I know on a, on a podcast. Um, the new Microsoft Flight Simulator has come out, right. and it's the most um, advanced flight simulator ever. It uses um, um, like Bing, sort of Google Maps powered, um, Google Earth kind of. Uh, kind I ain't of technology. getting on this. I'm not getting a plane powered by Bing. That. <laughs> um, all of this amazing satellite data streamed in through the clouds, so you can be obviously flying through the, the, the skies, and and everything's so accurate, and 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 it contains the sort of definition and data that you couldn't have on like a, a, a DVD drive. It wouldn't fit on your PlayStation. It wouldn't fit on your Xbox. It wouldn't fit on your hard drive. It has to be mm. served up like some hot geographical soup um, from the servers of, of, of Microsoft. So the, the, this flight simulator is really, really um, uh, uh, te- technically advanced. Anyway, um, some uh, bloke who works for a games company uploaded a couple of videos of him um, lo- uh, flying from Los, Los Angeles to um, Las Vegas. And um, and a couple of... Like, everyone's, everyone on YouTube is obviously a fucking expert and everything. You got this wrong. You got this wrong. Why are you shit flying a fucking uh, 747? What's wrong with you, etc.? Because he's not a fucking pilot would be the yeah. first fucking clue. Yeah. And B, it's a video game. So it's a, it's a simulation, but a very, very technically adept one. And uh, he's he's up there and uh, and uh, a pilot like, really sort of helped me sort of like, look, don't worry, don't worry about uh, the landing. Just worry about getting up there. You're new to this. <laughs> I just like the idea that pilots kind of like looking at like looking at <laughs> people playing Microsoft Flight Simulator and go, "Look, don't you worry. They're just yeah. really calm and nice." And, <laughs> Take it uh, one step yeah. at a time. I was a little bit worried actually because they, they, we had some. Email, we, as a, I also read the email, so look at me doing my prep. Um, yeah. And there was a lot, a lot of, a lot of emails from uh, a lot of pilots uh, or a few pilots at least. And then I noticed 
on the self-same BBC website, where we seem to be gleaning all of our stories from uh, this afternoon, there was a plane in trouble, a Jet 2 kind of um, test flight happening around Manchester. And I think one of the um, engines experienced uh, engine failure. So it managed to land in the end. But because of the um, kind of movable feast that is uh, internet news, you're not really sure when things have sort of happened. Yeah. So you're like, is this, is this live? Uh, is, it, are we, yeah. uh, are we, is it going to be a crash plane here? Yeah. Oh, God. Let's not talk about planes. But um, I, th- I think we're all right. It landed in Manchester. We're fine. Well, do you reckon, do you reckon pilot, the pilots, um, they practice the voice they do? Like, as in... Because like, if you read if you read the right stuff, Tom Wolfe's the right stuff. He talks mm. about Chuck Yeager, who's the first guy to to fly. I think faster than the speed of sound or whatever. I can't really remember, mm. but he's he's got a couple of sp- yeah. speed records or whatever. I think he's still alive, actually, Chuck. I think he might be on Twitter. He'd be in his nineties now. Um, he's, got great, he's got a great video game, right? Okay, and and so he, apparently all the um, pilot um, kind of style of delivering um, of over the over the public address system on the plane comes originally from Chuck, who had a very calm, kind of soothing voice, and everyone's kind of right. it's become a style, right? So mm. you know when they come up, come over the, the thing and they go, oh, a very warm welcome aboard this British Airways flight. <laughs> they speak like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. right? I wonder whether they have to go to some kind of class to practice it, because you very rarely hear um, uh, them doing it in any different kind of style. And with yeah. the exception of the one thing I told you about before, Pete, I've told you this story before, but I'm not sure if I've told our listeners, about a friend of mine who was flying um, way, way back in the day, was flying from Brisbane, I think, or possibly Perth to Sydney. Have I told you that story? Uh, yes, said, you have, yeah. Yeah, everything was just so Australian. <laughs> he said he's sitting in the plane, in the, in the seat with his seatbelt done, waiting to take off. And the pilot comes over, the Tanoi, Australian pilot, and just goes, good day, everyone. We're going to Sydney. <laughs> and he was like, that sounds like someone has broken into the cockpit. <laughs> that does not sound I like. <laughs> I hope we'll get to Sydney. Well, yeah, everyone's just so informal, even the pilot on the plane. He's got to understand on, that it's a responsible job. He needs to make people feel at ease. Well, on, on the same podcast, I was sort of saying, um, and so we go from BBC website to stealing content from other, other people's podcasts. Um, they start um, every sentence with, um, we're going to be good. And, and with an um, they start every sentence with an um. And you kind of want your pilot to be a bit more secure and a bit more deliberate with his words yeah uh, <laughs> they also they also hand over don't they they kind of say and um fly, flying us to boston this afternoon will be first officer blah 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 and he'll be carrying you through and and you'll hear from him later on the journey it's like mm. don't need to tell me the division of right labor here I don't. No. I don't want to. Well, yeah. You know, what? You, if anything, mate, you sound like you're absolving yourself of responsibility. If anything goes wrong, so just <laughs> stick to the basics. Let us know what time we're getting there. Let us know if there's going to be any turbulence. I don't want you kind of deferring or or delegating to someone else in case it goes to shit. You're in charge, so take charge. There's a uh, man on the uh, Watford uh, to London Euston line that does um, little quizzes in the morning. Like little tedious. Kind of, um... Leave me alone. You know what? Me. I. <laughs> You know what? I would usually have a problem with it, but he does it with such a light touch. I'm on. I'm on board. I, I yeah. think. I think it's decent. He's, he does little. He does little. Um, he does little kind of reminders about what date is. Like you know, if there's a you know, it's Eid or you know, I think last Monday it was um, Jamaica Day or something. So it was. It was like or Jamaican Independence Day. Anyway, I don't think there's just a Jamaica Day. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I don't mind him. I'd usually find that sort of thing rather tedious. Like he's trying to advertise himself for other work. 
but um, I quite enjoyed his uh, quite enjoyed his uh, work. That, the reason I find it tedious, Pete, chiefly because I'm listening to music normally or a podcast on the tube, and I only take mm. my earphones out if I hear the driver saying something in case it's a diversion or I've got to do something different. Yeah. And if he's just doing inanity, I don't, which is ironic given what I do for a job, I know I don't want to hear it. Um, Anyway, listen, we did promise a, uh, an email back in the a single email. 15 single minutes email. ago. Um, and this is from <laughs> Harry, who says, um, Hi, chaps. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I am one of your many Ooh. pilot listeners. Hello to you, Pilot Harry, who is indeed talking to their union reps in a futile attempt to save my livelihood. Thanks very much, Pete. Um, well, here's a bit more info on the aircraft storage debate. Um, which is a debate we had last week, if you are listening mm. to this and haven't heard that. The Mojave Desert, among others, has long been used for aircraft scrapping, and pre-COVID was also being used to store the ill-fated Boeing 737 MAX, which Harry adds, I have also flown. Um, oh. Tell us about that, Harry. Don't leave that in parentheses. Um, the no, I mean, aircraft... it's, very, it's very binary whether you enjoyed that flight, I think. Oh, this is, like, <laughs> yeah. like, it ends one way or the other, yeah. and, and most of them ended the other way, which is good, positive. Uh, the, one, uh, one, the one thing I remember reading from that story, which I found absolutely phenomenal about the Boeing 737 MAX, was that some airlines hadn't, in quotes, hadn't paid for the extra software upgrades. I mean, yep. for fuck's sake. I mean, listen, this is more important than that. This is more important listen, than an add-on deluxe CD box Listen, set. Listen, Kanye West was caught pirating software on, on his Instagram. Look, even he, in his divine wisdom uh, back in the day when he was producing stuff, um, doesn't mind downloading the odd illegal uh, plugin. So there mm. we go. There we go. Even if he's well, minted. Harry continues, the numerous aircraft currently being stored are being kept in long-term storage, which requires uh, various weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, bi-monthly, 90-day and six-month service cycles. Apart from checking that various essential electrical, flight control and hydraulic systems are still operating, one of the major problems of long-term storage is moisture and microorganism accumulation in the fuel tanks, as well as surface corrosion and rust, hence them being stored in dry climates and top up the biocide in any remaining fuel. The whole procedure is a total pain in the ass, as aircraft are obviously never designed to be grounded for this length of time, and the maintenance mm. cost will be huge. Another benefit of being in the desert is the low risk of wildlife making home in the various gaps and holes in the aircraft. Birds nesting in the wheel well bay is a common one. Lastly, Pete was spot on. You would indeed place those four covers you sometimes see in cars to reflect the sun, <laughs> because the flight deck would otherwise become an oven, and this also protects a large number of screws and instruments too. Sorry if the above is long-winded, but I reckon it's about the right length to read while Pete chows down on a pot noodle. Take care, Pilot Harry. I can't... It, it's, this is stressing me the fuck out. <laughs> to keep yeah. a plane la- to keep a plane out of action just seems to be more expensive than actually running a plane. Why not fly Nightmare. it constantly and just have it fueled fly in midair? <laughs> yeah. Just do shifts. <laughs> Have like uh, have like uh, um, hotels in the sky. Well, I mean, it would keep seven people in in decent accommodation, five star accommodation in the air. Um, I like the idea of biocide being added to um, fuel. Um, yeah, what is that? What's that all of, about? It sounds. I mean, it sounds like something to kill bugs in fuel. I don't know. Like, you don't want anything yeah. kind of growing in fuel. Because I think I spoke about my. Um, I was using uh, Swafiga to uh wash myself uh yeah, in the shower yeah I, t- I took the lid off and uh it started to fur up it started to the it started to kind of look like a petri dish growing things as soon as you put the lid back on the um the the the, the cleaning properties of the actual cleaning um 
uh, cleaning mulch itself starts to kill all of the bugs again, and then and then you're back to square one. Fascinating, huh? So it's only the oxygen that's actually giving them life. Looks like it, yeah. And then as soon as you cut off the oxygen supply, um, the uh, the rest of the swafiga says, "Hey, we'll have none of that here. We are literally a cleaning <laughs> fluid. <laughs> leave leave us to our jobs." Get the hell out of here! You're making us look bad. Are you? Are you? How long will the swarfiga last? Do you think before you have to move on to another cleaning product? Well, I've, I've kind of, I'm not going to use it on my, on my, on my privates. I'm not going to. I'm not going to keep using it on, on anything delicate. Why? To be quite frank, because it's got, it, it had disease on it. It had literal spores coming. You off shouldn't it. be using any of it for anywhere other than your hands. I'm pretty sure it worse. says that on the jar. Wash it up, liquid. Wash it up, liquid. <laughs> On that bombshell, we're going to have to bid you adieu. We'll get out of here. That's it for Monday's episode of the Luke and Pete Show on a sweltering August afternoon. We will be back, of course, on Thursday, as we always are, when hopefully the temperature is a little bit better. Spoiler, it won't be. We're recording Thursday's show in a minute. Uh, And uh, (laughs) we'll see you next time. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Do get your emails in. Show, uh, sorry, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. The way this normally works is we speculate about something we know nothing about, and you email in with your knowledge. Uh, Thank you very much indeed, Pete Donaldson. Thanks to you, the listener, and we'll see you next time. Ta-ta! This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.